The heart of Inglewood Women's Ministry is simple, Bible studies, community, and accountability. Our desire is to be a group of women who inspire people to grow in their love for Jesus, support each other in every season, and make fellowship a priority. Love God, love people, serve the world. Well, I get to introduce Lisa. Um, How many of you all have never met her? Like you just discovered she's one of us. I thought that might be a lot. Well, she's been here a little bit longer um, than than I've been in this position. But I didn't meet her until really this summer, wouldn't you say? And I'm going to tell, I've got to just tell how we got to. (laughs) So when I took this job, the Lord told me two things. He spoke to me in my spirit and he said, build community. And we can't have a healthy church until we have healthy families. And so I've really been trying to hone in on the community thing. I just, I just want everybody to feel, you know, if you, if you go to church here, if you don't go to church here, anytime you come to anything, I just want you to feel welcome and that I just want you to have a good time and I want us to connect. And so I'd been praying about community. Lord, how do you do that with this many people spanning this many different ages and these many different uh, interests. And so we had, was it the kickoff? Was that where, what we were I doing? It was. So the kickoff, I had met Lisa at Vacation Bible School. And so she was serving because she's a servant. I mean, this little spirit here, this gentle, sweet, sweet spirit. Hey, I'll sit back so y'all see her, okay? Can you see her over there? Okay, I want to see her more than you see me for sure. Anyway, and so we were all, you know, running around, and she was headed out the door, and I walked past Refill, and she said, Melinda, and I came in, and she said, I've got to apologize to you. I called you Wanda. (laughs) I said, girl, I've been called a lot worse than that. Don't worry about it. And so we just struck up a conversation, and out of that, she kept using the word community. And so I'd already been sitting with my niece out in my courtyard, and she had been telling me, I want to hear women who are seasoned, who have been through these life problems that we're all going through, and we want to hear that they got to the other side. And so after we spent about 15 or 20 minutes together, I went home and I thought, now listen, she might say no, but she has got to be the first season to share, especially after her sharing with me just that little bit of clip of the tragedy in their life. And so I asked her, did you say yes immediately? I think I said I think she did. And it was, she's just so sweet. So tonight, we're going to hear her story. She and Karen and I previewed in my office. I guess we were in there an hour. We brought Kleenexes because we needed them then. We may need them tonight. And if you need one, just traipse right on up here and get you one. So if you haven't had a dirty snowman, if you had not had a cracker and a piece of cheese, hadn't had a cookie, a muffin, you, you can wander around. Just act like you're at home. We don't care. I mean, I got my Crocs on tonight. My feet are hurting. I'm sorry. If your feet hurt, you hurt all over. And so um, please just be comfortable and don't judge people at your table and don't judge us. And just let's just have a good time and be who we are tonight, okay? It's a lot of estrogen in this room, right? Okay, so... She said something, and I'm not sure what it was, but it was not calling me Wanda, so I'm not even going to ask. Okay. Well, Lisa, you have so much to share with us tonight, and I'm going to put my microphone in my lap 
um, and let you just start going with it, starting with you and that the Lord brought a beautiful person into this world and has blessed you and gotten you through some times. So I know you want to tell us about you want to tell us about you and your family, the closest things to your heart, and then we'll we'll move from there. I met Mark um, at Atlanta Fest. Um, I was volunteering with a Christian promoter, and Mark was working for a band. Some of you may or may not have heard, DeGarmo and Key, it was a Christian band. Um, we began a long-distance uh, phone relationship, and um, six mo- months later, he proposed to me. And Mark and I married at Coral Ridge Presbyterian, uh, December 29th in 1989. Uh, Mark was born in Shelby, North Carolina. He grew up in Cocoa Beach, um, but his his daddy uh, was a worship pastor. And so they traveled, you know, he got called to different churches over the years. Um, but Mark's daddy, um, he is, well, Mark is the oldest of four, just like me, um, his daddy passed away in 2012 of congestive heart failure, and now his mom is, uh, she is a jewel and um, just a precious woman of God. She um, lives in uh, Pelham, Alabama with Mark's sister. She's very active in her church family. Um, that's a little bit about Mark. Uh, we have two children, Mark and Bre- uh, uh, Morgan and Brennan. Um, Morgan is 29. She was born in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, she graduated from Sanford University. Like I said, she's been on staff at Gardendale First Baptist uh, for seven years as the girls' minister. Um, she's about a year away from completing her Master's of Divinity, and we are all going to say praise the Lord when she finishes that because <laughs> it has been really rough. Um, Brennan is 20. He's a junior at Sanford. Uh, He's working on his music education degree. Uh, One of the prayers for my children, I have a picture at home um, that was by our front door. We haven't placed it yet because I don't know. I want a special place for it, and we just haven't found that at our new home. But this is a prayer um, just uh, for you mamas, too. Um, But God um, has just... It just placed this one on my heart, but in his word, he says in 3 John 1, uh, 1.4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And God has answered that prayer. Both of my children, um, they love the Lord, and they um, are serving the Lord, and they are running after him. And I, and it's, I, I tell you this, I can take, when you hear our story, I can't take any credit for it. Ladies, God did it, and um, he gets all the glory. How we came to Englewood, um, and just this is just kind of um, a brief summary of kind of how we got called into the ministry. Um, Mark had been on the road touring. Um, our prayer was that he, um, God would provide a job for him to come off the road so he could be a daddy, because sometimes Mark would be gone to Japan, and they when they went to Japan, they were there for three months because the tickets were so expensive that they just stayed there. And we just knew that that just would not be um, conducive for raising a godly family. And so that was one of our prayers. And the other prayer was that I could um, stay home as um, a stay-at-home mom. And I, I could tell you a long story about that, but God... Um, 
he just, <clears throat> he, he provided for, for me to be able to stay home, really, basically, at the 11th hour. I was actually in the hospital, and um, someone had called Mark from Gaylord Entertainment, and they offered him a job. And um, so I was able to stay home. Um, I had enough sick pay stay, um, um, stored up at my current job to be able to help us to transition to being paid once a month. I, I, there are so many details in our lives. I'm just amazed at how good the Father is to us and how he delights in um, providing for us and caring for us. And he, his word says when we delight in him, he gives us the desires of our heart, and that is just one of the de- one of the desires of our heart is for him to be home and for me to be able to stay home with my our children. <clears throat> when uh, Morgan was in uh, first grade, um, there was an orchestra minister uh, at Gardendale First Baptist, and um, he had been in Mark's um, choir. Mark's daddy was a worship pastor, and in his quiet time the Lord brought Mark's name to his mind for a specific need at Gardendale First Baptist. Steve Gaines uh, was our pastor, and David Jett was our executive pastor. Mm-hmm. And small world. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of, for us, in a way, a con- another, there were so many confirmations, y'all, for us to come here. Um, but uh, Dr. Jett and Karen were were part of uh, that confirmation for us that we were to come here to this church. And Dave, I will say, uh, David is relentless. He uh, pursued us for about a year, and he would call Mark, and he would say, well, has uh, God said no? And my husband would say, well, he hasn't said yes. <laughs> and so... Anyways, but he did say yes, and we st- started to... Um, see him just paving the way for us to um, go to Gardendale First Baptist. And <clears throat> uh, we submitted God's call, and we were at Gardendale uh, First Baptist for over 20 years. Um, how we came to Inglewood, God, God just started working through our circumstances, speaking through his word. Mark has probably a chapter of a book written on his iPad of all the confirmations and the words from God's word and for our, from our prayer partners, um, just intersecting with what God was speaking to us, and they didn't even know, you know. So um, our friends, um, in, well, our friends and prayer partners started receiving the same word that God had given to us. The day um, we came to visit here, um, we wanted to visit here and see if the presence of the Lord was here in this place, and um, we knew when we came, all four of us came, we knew that the Lord's presence resided here, and that for us, that was the final confirmation, and as we were driving home, one of our prayer partners, she's one, she's, her name is Miss Greta, she's a K. Arthur in my life, everything that comes out of that lady's mouth is God's word, and she called us and said, she didn't even know we were here. And we were driving home, and she said, I walked out to the parking lot today after worship, and I had a burning bush moment with the Lord, and he said, the Ramses have been released from Gardendale. 
And so that's kind of the, was the capstone for us. We, we were to go, and we were at the point that we felt for us not to come here, we would be standing in judgment um, with the Lord. God made it abundantly clear um, that Inglewood um, was the next step of our journey that uh, God had laid out for us. Um, where I'm serving, um, they want, want me to share that currently. I'm serving in Secret Saver. This is a new thing for me because I've been in children's ministry for 25 years. I have some health issues that I really is not the best decision for me to serve with children right now. Um, and Miss Karen Jett called me and asked me if I would uh, serve in Secret Savored, and I've never really, um, I've helped with events in women's ministry, but um, I had never served in that type of capacity. Um, but I, after praying about it, I knew the Lord was in it, and I can tell you it has been such a joy. And I, I see, I don't know where they're sitting, but I know that several of them are here tonight, and it's just such a joy to see young women connect and just we sit around a table and we eat really good food. <laughs> they do. I can't eat most of it. But, you know, they um, and just to share God's word, it, it is just such a it, it's just it's just the, one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to um, help serve in that capacity. Um, I have been trained for decision counseling recently. Um, I have not stepped up to that yet. Um, and I'm also um, serving in the prayer ministry here. And when Mark had served in vacation Bible school outside with Miss Karen and Miss Janet, and um, also Mark has me involved um, with the events that he does to come and, you know, help him. A little bit with those. Um, I'm also in um, Bible study fellowship, so if I refer to it as BSF, you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, I will just tell you that when Morgan um, was about two years old, we were sitting uh, watching uh, the Donut Man. I'm sure some of you don't know what that is, and you may have, may have never heard of him. Um, but we were watching a video of him, and he was sharing um, just different Bible stories. And ladies, I didn't know those Bible stories. And the Lord got a hold of my heart and just, I knew that I needed to be in a Bible study where I would get, I would know God's word better. And um, so Bible study fellowship, there were some people in our Sunday school class that were very involved in it. When I was working full time, I wasn't able to do that. It's, it's a big commitment. Um, it's a non-denominational, international-type Bible study, and so women come from all different, um, you know, churches, and we uh, just sit around. We, you know, read God's Word for ourselves, answer several questions, sit around a table, and we talk about God's Word. They do a lecture, and then they give you several um, pages of notes to read um, to share uh, what you um, have just studied um, but God used that in such a mighty way in my life um, for my children, and from and He showed me how to um, live for Him and to be a godly mom and to be a godly wife. And He was preparing you all along mm. that you were, when you're reading and studying the Word, you're building that relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. 
And so yes. he was preparing you all that time for what you're about to share with us yes. about this, the tragedy. And so this was in Gardendale, the, the tragedy that happened to your family. Will you yes. share that yes. with them, um, exactly what happened there? Yes. Uh, this happened on June 23rd, 2009, so it's been almost 15 years ago. Um, this is the story of how God showed up and showed off in our lives. Uh, God's Word promises that we will have trials. Uh, two weeks before I had, um, I had just had, I was recovering on the couch. I had just had reconstructive, um, a reconstructive hysterectomy. And I was lying on the couch, and I got a call that no one ever wants to, um, to get. Um, Mark had, uh, he had a motorcycle, and he had um, gone from work and went to um, the hospital to visit our youth pastor, and his wife had just also had a hysterectomy. And he was on his way back from that visit, and... Um, he was driving on a back road to our church, and honestly, we don't know what happened. Um, there's been speculation as to what happened, but he was in a ditch, and he had had an accident. Um, but God's timing, perfect timing, and his provision, um, at that moment, there was a nurse that had just gotten off shift that was coming from the opposite direction. She called the paramedics. The paramedics were up the hill uh, having their monthly meeting, and there were 12 of them. We learned later on they all, 12 of them, came to rescue Mark, and Morgan went around hugging and thanking each one of them um, for what they did for Mark. And uh, we learned later on from different medical people throughout our journey that if they had not done what they had done in handling Mark so carefully. Uh, his injuries were extensive, and it could have been life-altering for him. You, you mentioned, and we made this note here. I don't want you, I want mm -hmm. you to tell them. The, the few minutes that led up to that accident and what his original plans were, um, do, you re do you remember when we were talking about that? I don't remember what his, I saw that your notes about that, but I don't remember okay. what that was. It was just the ongoing, you remember Karen, just the ongoing of God being there and going before you. But go ahead, mm -hmm. I just made a That's, note. Oh, yeah. So uh, as you were going there, I wanted to make sure you shared it. Yes. Um, God provided exactly what Mark, Mark needed um, with the nurse and also the paramedics, um, we were sent to, the, the paramedics, I didn't know this, but they ask you what hospital you, you, you want to go to. They won't just take you to the hospital in Birmingham. Um, so I said Brookwood because I just had my surgery there, had a great um, experience there. Um, so they took Mark there, and Mark was struggling to breathe, and I, walked, I started to walk out of the room to go find someone, and down the hallway uh, comes Valerie, and her, she is the mother of Brennan, our son's best friend. She's coming down. She's just coming on shift. God's perfect timing. She um, was an ER uh, nurse practitioner, and she saw Mark, and 
she immediately took over and she took Mark to a triage room. She began cutting his clothing off and sent him for MRIs and CT scans. They found that Mark's, how bad Mark's injuries were and that he was not at the right hospital, so he needed to go to UAB. And so they called an ambulance and Valerie also happened to work at UAB. She was um, worked in the ER there. She called and told them to please take care, really good care of Mark because we were good friends. And so, again, God is just putting everything into place. Um, we, uh, when we got to the ER, our precious uh, staff and friends were in the waiting room. They were holding hands and all interceding for Mark. I cannot tell you the prayers um, that were prayed over Mark during these three weeks that he was in the hospital. Um, we are, are so grateful. Um, we, um, they sent Mark to a room after they took care of him in the ER. Um, our staff assistants, they all gathered around his bed ministering to him. They brought fans. Morgan, uh, with nerve damage, um, apparently can make you really hot. And so Mark felt like his feet were on fire. So Morgan was, you know, running uh, cloths under the sink and just twisting them and putting them over his feet to cool him down. And like I said, all the assistants brought fans um, to help him. Dr. Dineline uh, came in and uh, told Mark the injuries that he had. He broke his back in four places, broke his neck in two places, um, and that he was going to need to wear a halo. And that, um, you'll see the halo in one of the pictures, but um, they screw the halo. It's a big metal contraption. They screw it into the front of your head, into the back of your head, and uh, fear just came all over um, Mark about that, especially with Brennan. He was afraid that Brennan wouldn't want to come near him because Brennan had just graduated from kindergarten. And... Um, so they, um, he told us that Mark would wear the halo for three um, months. He actually ended up only wearing it three days, and that was a prayer. Uh, and they needed, he would need surgery the next day. Um, Mark was full of fear. Uh, in God's perfect timing, I can still see this in my memory. Um, after Dr. Dineline left the uh, room and Mark was just so fearful. Doc Guffin, who is John Mark's great uncle, uh, he is the one that started the media ministry at Gardendale First Baptist. He walked in the room and just was just so upbeat and clapping his hands. So, who's your doctor? And we told him. He said, "You got the best doctor in Alabama. I have performed over 400 surgeries with that man, and there's nobody better." In, in Alabama than him. Um, so that was just, it, it just wiped all the fear out of the room. Such an encouragement. Um, all the way through our journey, God put his best in our path. He is uh, Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. He provided all that we needed um, before I ever knew to even ask him. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He used 
the body of Christ to minister to us in a multitude of ways. And God placed people from our church family in every step of Mark's care. When we were in the hospital, there were so many people there that I didn't even, that were part of our church family. I didn't even know they worked at UAB. There was the, um, our cardiologist there. He was the head of the transplant unit. He would go back when I wasn't allowed. I could only go back four times a day to see Mark when he was in the unit. I'll get to that. But he would check on his records, and he would come back and tell me. There were another doctor um, also did that. Um, there were nurses. There, the people that did the ultrasounds were uh uh, she was Lori Perkins. She was in our lived in our neighborhood. Was a member of our church. I mean, it's just amazing how God, uh, our physical therapist, was part of our college ministry. So God just ordered all these people into our lives to give Him the very, very best um, care possible. Uh, Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three says, "The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives." Surgery day, um, he wasn't, he was supposed to be the second or third person for surgery. Um, I had got there at eight o'clock and um, they started rolling him down the hallway. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is getting ready to happen right now. We, we, we thought we had a little bit of time. And Mark said to me, he said, Lisa, this is not, this is not the day. And he couldn't sense the Lord's presence with him. And so we prayed and uh, when they called me back uh, to the preparation room after they had started prepping him, I had two precious people with me. I know you don't know their names, but they're, I, I want to honor them by sharing. Nelson, um, he was on our pastoral uh, care. He just, um, he's like David Jett, just a spirit-led man. And... Um, he was on Mark's right side praying over him. And then Charlotte, Charlotte um, is with the Lord now. She is a worship leader um, at our church. And I, I want to just share one quick thing about Miss Charlotte. She, there were times Mark would be up there at our church late doing things and he, on a Saturday night, and she would be laying in the pews worshiping the Lord, because that next morning she would be worshiping um, the Lord. There were times, um, a couple times we were um, in the back at our new sanctuary when we were getting ready to um, go on stage. I could hear her in the closet, in the storage closet, worshiping the Lord, preparing. And I'm going to tell you, I've never met anyone like Charlotte that when she worshipped, when she led worship, God's spirit fell. She sang a song, John Mark knows what I'm talking about, but um, about how when God shows up, the atmosphere changed. Well, when Charlotte worshipped Jesus, the atmosphere changed. And um, Charlotte... When um, I was back in that prep room, Nelson is on the right and Charlotte is on the left singing over Mark. And I'm like, Lord, you have provided the dream team for my husband before he goes in for that surgery. And another person that was involved in this is, his name was Craig. He and I served in Awanas. We had Awanas at um, Gardendale. 
and he happened to be the one that was scheduled to be the operating nurse that morning. And I asked him when he went in there with that team to pray with them before um, they started the surgery. They had three anesthesiologists watching over Mark. One was actually assigned just to his spinal cord. Uh, Mark's surgery was eight and a half hours long, one hour for recovery, and they used 33 pints of blood. The waiting room was filled with um, our church staff and their wives and their church family. Our church family, um, we had churches in eight states praying for us. Um, Charlotte, my friend, uh, brought uh, a journal. And I've shared this with the lady, the girls at uh, Secret Saver. When you go through these kind of times, write it down. I wish that I would have written more down, um, but I'm so glad that, Jer that Charlotte brought that journal because you I wouldn't have what I have tonight to share with you of what God did because time just has, and I feel like the enemy too, doesn't, he doesn't want us to remember. And the Lord says in his word so many times, remember, remember. So write it down. And I, I, I've told the girls... Um, my BSF leader back in um, Birmingham uh, told us about she has a blessing jar. Well, I have a blessing box, and when God blesses us, I've just started writing it down because I don't want to forget what he's done. Um, but she also brought uh, lollipops and Play-Doh and coloring books for children, and what they did was Charlotte and Morgan went around with her children around the waiting room because there were many other families that were there and their family members were in surgery too. And they began sharing the gospel. They sat down around tables and were coloring books and gave the kids lollipops. Um, so it was such a witness um, to these people um, to see how the body of Christ ministers to their, their family. Um, the church was uh, being the church as God designed. We were overwhelmed with gratitude at the sacrifices that were made on our behalf. The simple things ministered to us in a great way. A friend, I want to tell you this. Don't ever think that what God shares with you to do is too small because when everybody... When we all do what the Lord tells us to do and we're obedient to whatever he asks us to do, it makes an amazing impact. And I'm going to share now just some of the things that were done for us during that time that ministered to us. A friend of ours missed church um, to come uh, on a Wednesday night. I came home to change clothes. He was mowing our lawn, edging our lawn, and putting pine straw out. We had a high school student that during that summer, it was in the upper 90s, and he would come and mow our yard every, every week. Our neighbors filled our fridge and our freezer and pantry with groceries. They took out our dog when I was sleeping over, and even when I was there just waiting to go in for the next time I could see Mark for those 30 minutes. Pastor Kevin appointed our women's minister as my secretary, because we had such a great outpouring of the church family that wanted to help us. 
I had a lady that gave me quarters for the parking, just not even something I would have even thought of to, to need. She provided that for me. Months of meals by friends and neighbors and Sunday school class um, classes. We had, we had, I mean, I would say about three months of meals. Some people froze things or made fresh meals that night. A neighbor uh, came over and changed Mark's brakes and his oil in his car, detailed his car. Uh, people sent gift cards and gas cards. Somebody made me a blanket because it's freezing in the hospital. <laughs> um, and you can see I'm shaking up here now. Um, somebody paid for Morgan's camp so that she could go away and be ministered to dur during this time. Somebody bought her camp supplies because I was focused on Mark's um, um, care. Uh, Mark's parents took Brennan, and you know a little five, six-year-old boy is a handful, and um, they took care of him for an entire month so I could be with Mark. Um, just incredible sacrificial gift. Our church staff took up a love offering two days before payday. Every time I went into the ICU, I was never alone. There was always and a lot of times I was having to take turns with people because I was only allowed to bring so many people back. Um, and I, the nurse said to us, um, she was the charge nurse. I was walking down the hallway one day with Greta, and she said, you have the sweetest family. And I said, well, ma'am, that is my church family. They did all... Um, they did what the Lord led them to do. Um, when they came back, people would sing over him. Some would hold his hand. Some wept. Some were silent. Some of them, some of his guy friends would tell jokes because we were told that even though they're under sedation, they can still hear what you're saying. After Mark... Um, came out of surgery, um, the ICU was full, both IC units that he was supposed to go in. Uh, God knew where he needed to be to display his power and his glory. He was put in a trauma unit. One of my prayers is that God would be glorified and the doctors would not be able to take credit uh, for the healing. God placed Mark's room in front of uh, uh, the nurses and the doctor's desk so that they could hear the worship music that we played. I brought a radio from home and played worship music in his room. Um, the prayers that people spoke, the scripture that was read over Mark, um, and they were able to see the miracle that God performed. Dr. Dineline told me after surgery that he would be walking in two days. God had other plans, possibly so. We heard later from the medical um, staff that um, so he did not um, have to endure so much pain so his body could heal. Um, he was sedated and on a, a ventilator. Um, the hard night, uh, Saturday about 8.30 at the last uh, time I was allowed to go in and see him, the trauma nurse uh, told me that Mark had a rough night. Aaron put his um, hips, uh, hands on his hips and he began to cry. And he said the trauma unit, uh, trauma doctor had been by his um, bed all night. He was on three major antibiotics, blood pressure meds every 10 minutes. His eyes were bleeding. His tongue was swollen out of his mouth. 
uh, he told me they had done all they knew to do and nothing was working. And Aaron told me he read medical books for fun. They were at a loss of what else to do. And I looked at Aaron and I told him, when you come into Mark's room tonight, I just want you, when you don't know what to do, I just want you to ask Jesus to help you. There's a song that was on the radio at that time by Mandisa. He is with you in the ICU when you don't know what to do, and it scares you to the core. But joy comes in the morning. I asked Aaron specifically what I needed to pray. Um, he said for the fever to come down, for the heart rate to be below 120 or below, and the blood pressure to be 150 over 70. On the way home, I called Mark's parents and the prayer warriors. Uh, Greta and my good friend Greta and Melanie, they had just had the hysterectomy, um, happened to get up. We learned later that they had got up at 2 o'clock in that morning and began Bethlehem pressed intercede for Mark. I stayed up all night and prayed through the Psalms. And I do remember one thing that, um, for those of you that have seen Facing the Giants, there's a lady that's in there that she is standing outside her car and she has just been told again that she's not pregnant and she's not been able to have a baby. And she told the Lord, regardless, I'm going to worship you. And that's basically what I told the Lord. Even if you take my husband, I'm still going to worship you. Um, the next morning, 7 o'clock, David Jett called me and prayed. I wish I had written down or recorded all that he spoke over me that morning. But he prayed powerfully against the spirit of fear. I told you Mark had a spirit of fear. But what he did, did not know is that, and this is why I say he's a very spirit-led man, he did not know the enemy was telling me that night that I was going to be a widow. And he prayed that specifically over me. Eight o'clock, I went into Sunday morning worship, went to church. God's spirit fell in a mighty way in our in our. Uh, church family. Uh, our church family um, went to the altar and we were on our faces before the Lord. Our pastor never preached that morning and um, they all began crying out for Mark. I went to, um, I was in a, a children's Sunday school class and went in there and um, started, um, I called Aaron and uh, the nurse and um, he said that the fever is gone, the heart rate was down to 116, and the blood pressure was 150 over 74. God answered very specifically. I said, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Aaron. He said, I didn't do it. And to me, that was a confirmation that God was getting the glory, and that was one of my initial prayers. He, uh, Mark was uh, in the tra trauma unit for nine days. Then he went to a step-down unit. And then God provided for him. This was another miracle. Spain Park is um, a very, um, very, very good. You have to be interviewed in order to get into their program. And so, and your insurance has to accept it and all that. And it was another uh area that we prayed and God provided miraculously for Mark to go there. Um, 
he had three months of physical therapy after all of this, after three weeks of being in the hospital. Um, Mark had to learn how to walk again. Uh, some of the pictures are probably up there. That's one of his first physical therapists that's on the screen. Um, he had to learn how to bathe himself again. He wasn't able to tie his shoes. He just had some problems with his fingers. Um, there's not enough time to share with y'all, um, but truly we saw miracle after miracle after miracle, and we just give God all the glory. And um, I just want to say to you that there's nothing special about my family. He can do this for your family. When it looks hopeless, God has a way of just showing up. If When we trust him, he has a way of showing up and showing off. Um, Melinda asked me some of the things that I've learned from this. Um, there's more than what I've written, but I will share some of the things. Um, I've learned that God always does what's best for us. Everything that touches our lives filters through his loving hands, and it has purpose in our lives. He is our healer. He is faithful. He orders our steps. He does not waste our suffering. He is the God of the valley. Someone sent us a card during this, and it said, when it seems like you are down to nothing, God is up to something. And no gift is too small. When we all do what God has asked us to do, when we obey, needs are met abundantly. God alone has the power to bring beauty from ashes, and my potential disaster is an opportunity for God to reveal himself, strengthen faith, and provide miracles. He can and will do this for you.